Queerly Beloveds, we are gathered here today for some juicy conversations about all things spiritually queer and queerly spiritual. I'm Sylvia Willgather-Rainbow, a spiritual life coach, retreat host with the most, and a drag queen, and I'll be chatting with the most amazing folks or simply sharing some wisdom on my own. If you like what I'm serving, please remember to subscribe so we can keep hanging out. All right, let's get super woo together in this spiritual AF, queer AF, cosmic container, and blast off. Hello, beloveds, and happy new year. I'm excited to jump into 2024 with a new episode of Queerly Beloved. In this one, I interview Brian Faldudo, a good friend who, after garnering international attention for playing fancy pants in the massive cult classic School of Rock, critically hailed indie musician Brian Faldudo has overcome the challenges of child star fame and rediscovered himself, transforming into both a successful country music artist and a PC certified life coach. His recent album, Gay Country, is jam-packed with LGBTQ joy and features the viral lead, Same Old Country Love Song. Brian has traveled the country performing and speaking at Pride events, sharing himself vulnerably and offering hope to countless young people with his story. So in this interview, we discuss God Loves Me Too, a song and music video that offers a new way for GBTQ people to relate to religion and spirituality. And we discuss what inspired Brian to write that song. We then talk about what it was like playing a gay role at 11 years old back in 2023 during a time lacking in acceptance of gay folks and all the homophobia that it forced him to face. We then get into his personal journey with spirituality and look at the power of mindfulness and meditation to find that still space beyond the ego. And also how from that seat of awareness, you can start to observe life happening rather than just being consumed by all of it. We then get into the science behind anxiety and how having the information about our body-mind systems can really help people find more effective strategies for dealing with stress. We end chatting about what lights Brian up in his creating and sharing music. All these topics and many more in this inaugural episode of 2024. Enjoy. Hello, Brian. Welcome to Creely Beloved. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I have been a fan of yours ever since the day we met up at Easton Mountain and the Gay Coaches Conference. And we had such an amazing time. I remember that that those days together playing in the wilderness and getting to know our fellow coaches and yeah, you've held a special place in my heart ever since. So I'm glad that we're making time for this. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah, I was. I I'm. I love the concept of your podcast, and I'm mm. I'm happy to be sharing space with you on it. Yay! So my first question for my guests is always the same, and it is this: Who are you in this moment? But tell me by describing the perfect drag avatar that embodies that way of being. So if you'd like, I will go first. So you can have Please. some time to, okay. So, so you can have some time to breathe into it. So let me breathe into it. Hmm. I am this budding rose and it's, it's like a, a rose of many colors. It's like this, this spring color rose but it's multiple colors and uh, and I, I'll put it in. So the, but the first image that came was a rose, but now I'm going to put her into a 
a, a drag queen. Um, mm-hmm. So, so just to be clear, your drag avatar can be a creature, a, a a symbol. It can be whatever it wants, or it can be a drag queen. But so to put her into a drag queen form, she's got this like gorgeous boa that's just like multicolored, and it's it's actually made of rose petals, and so it's soft and and sumptuous. And she has beautiful cascading multicolored hair, and she's just emanating joy. And the reason I chose her or or am feeling her right now is because I am consistently choosing joy in my life lately. And joy to me is is really personified in in bright, beautiful rainbow colors and 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 softness and sumptuousness and and pleasure and so that's just been uh my state the last couple of days i just keep choosing joy and and finding more and more pleasure in life and it's a, a good place to be in so that's who's coming out mm. Mm. that's beautiful thank you um if i had to describe my drag persona right like in this moment this present moment i would yes. say she is like she's got like an apron on and okay. she's got like, like we're talking like um, a drag queen. I'm thinking almost like Mrs. Kasha Davis, like uh-huh. that sort of ensemble, uh-huh. um, where she's wearing like a uh, almost like a librarian dress, and she's got like heels on, and she's like all business, and she's just trying to get the chores done, get the. But she's fabulous about it, of course, mm-hmm. you know, and has a little humor about her mm-hmm. to it i would say mm-hmm. um so i would i would describe it as that i'm i'm emerging from a wild summer as we've discussed mm. and so i'm i'm just sort of like getting my gears going you know and i'm, mm. I'm all i'm all business but in a fun way beautiful beautiful she's a working woman she's whistling while she works she's whistling while she works (laughs) cooking dinner for the family Mm -hmm. yes i love it and so yeah i'd love you to share a little bit about what it's been like for you to come out of a a more challenging summer and you you can share whatever details around the summer you want but i'm most curious about how that's been for you to face some challenges and now to be on the other side. Yeah, I will say like as challenging as the summer it was, I was oddly comfortable the whole summer. And I think that's a testament mm. to like how much love I have in my life and mm. the wonderful relationships I have. Um, particularly my new partner um, who I've been with for about a year now. Um, and also just, you know, the people in my life. And, and I think this could have been, I mean, by all definitions of it, it should have been a, a tough summer, but it, it really, it wasn't as tough as it sounds on paper. I, I, I just kind of dealt with what was and I just kept leaning on those around me and I never felt like I was too much in need or too much without a place to be or, or go to or any of those things. So it's, it's been, it's been like a comfortably challenging summer, if that makes mm. sense. It does make sense. And I think it's generous of you to attribute it to all the loving folks in your life. And I imagine that a lot of it has to do with your own inner work and the place that you are in your life and the way that challenges now occur for you as a result of the work you've done. Yeah, I do think I did a... I'm kind of like... I'm, the way anxiety works with me anyway is mm. like, I will freak out about 
small things like no one liking an Instagram post, which believe me, we're working on and I get, I, I don't spend too much time on it, but, uh, uh, when the big stuff happens, you know, um, I, I tend to be the first one that's just like, okay, well, this is just what it is. And we just have to deal with it. And this is the, this is, this is the, you know, this is what we have to do. Um, so it's really interesting though. Like I, I tend to be the first to know what to do in really serious crises. But then when it's like stuff that doesn't really matter, <laughs> I'm freaking out. <laughs> we've all got our strengths and we've all got our challenges. <laughs> it's important to know what, what those are. Uh, so yeah, why don't we, we take it back a bit and, you know, I, I was so inspired watching your music video, God Loves Me Too. I definitely want to talk about that. And and I I imagine that part of that inspiration was around your own journey. Uh and you know, there's that young boy in the in the video. Um, and I just, you know, projected that maybe that was you. I, I'm curious to hear more of an explanation. But I'd love to hear how you were inspired to to create God Loves Me Too. Yeah, so God Loves Me Too was a song I released in 2020, um, like at the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we released it in the form of a music video um, just because I felt like the story needed to be told that way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the fastest song I've ever written. I like to share that about it. Uh, I grew up in a very religious... Uh, household, and then I also went to Catholic school. I was raised Protestant in my home, and then I went to Catholic school. So I got a double dose of Christianity. Mm. Um, but all the while, I was que- queer and closeted, and um, struggling uh, with some of what I was being taught, or what I was, what I heard, or. Mm. Um, and then I just kind of like lost religion in college. I was focused on you know my social life and my um, academics and and whatnot, and then. I was like several years after college, like, I don't know, five or six years after college, I was in LA and I was there for a project. So I didn't really know anyone in town and I had my weekends free and I was like, well, why don't I just go to one of these LGBTQ inclusive churches I've heard about? I've been, it's been a while since I've been to church. Why don't I, Mm. why don't I venture in? And I went to the Hollywood United Methodist church, um, and just from the moment I got there to the moment I left, I was just crying. Like I was, wow. <laughs> I was, um, I was a mess. Like there was this beautiful pride flag above the doors. When you mm. walked in, there was like this gay couple holding hands a few rows in front of me. Mm. The pastor was wearing this rainbow stole. They made a, they made it a point to constantly sort of refer to LGBTQ persons throughout the mass. It, mm. I just had never felt more referred to in mm. a religious space before or mentioned or included. Um, and it just, I was just like, whoa, this is picking up on something within me. I, I didn't mm. even realize, I guess, sort of how I felt when I was younger in church until this moment in church, you know, until mm. I see this opposite. And then I went home and I wrote God Loves Me Too in 20 minutes. It was, wow. it was crazy. I just kind of like felt really called to do it. And then... Mm. I don't, you know, I don't consider myself a very religious person. I'm definitely on an enlightenment journey within myself and and I have mm-hmm. my own definition of spirituality at this point. But putting that song out felt like something more like I had to do for anyone who is sitting in church and didn't feel the comfort that I then felt at that Hollywood United Methodist Church. So I felt mm-hmm. like called to put that song out just for anyone who hadn't gotten that message yet, you know? Um mm-hmm. 
which is interesting because then a lot of people are like, are you a Christian artist? Are you a religious artist? And I was like, well, I this is just more like one song I really needed to share with the world about my religious experience. And mm. then, anyway, I've, I've answered so much. I don't know if I answered your question. But you absolutely so did and more. <laughs> and yeah, there's so much medicine in that story and in that song, you know, and in that experience, right? It's it's so beautiful how you were able to get a a a, a keeping dose of medicine while you were at that church. And it was medicine that it sounds like you didn't even know you needed, right? That you yeah. were were so touched and and realized that there was this wound that had taken place as a result of you not being included. And and you know, worse than not included, being uh, spoken about in an, an oppressive way uh, in your previous experience with spirituality and, and religion, and so for you to get to have that experience, and then to you know, what I consider when you talk about writing that beautiful genius song in twenty minutes is that that's more like a channeling. You know, it's more like a download. It's like it was just moving through you. And, and so it was like, you got all this medicine and then you channeled it into a song, which now gets to serve as medicine to those who have a similar wound. What a beautiful gift. Yeah. And releasing it was, was like a really beautiful process just to hear from people who, you know, needed it or, or felt similarly about their experiences. And mm. that in and of itself, that sharing is also medicine, right? Cause then you're like, it's validating. It's, um, it's connecting. It's all the things. Yeah. Beautiful. So it's interesting for me to hear about you being a closeted youth, <laughs> considering that you played a, a, what I would consider a gay role at a very young age in a, in a major motion picture. Uh, so explain that. How did that all work? Yeah. Well, I kind of, the, the motion picture was sort of the thing that pushed me back in the closet. I, mm. I was pretty unfiltered before the film, which I can't say right now just because of the uh, uh, SAG guidelines, but um, the SAG strike guidelines. But uh, it's uh, I was in a movie when I was younger and I did play a rather queer role. Um, but, you know, I that was in 2003. There was no queer representation at the time. And I got bullied pretty severely, you know. Um, I also didn't have any anyone to turn to that looked looked like me. I just kind of was Mm -hmm. this like standout kid who got noticed for being different. But then when I went back to school after filming the movie, it wasn't cool to be different anymore. So I had to, Mm -hmm. I had to find a new way to fit in. So all the things that made me special were the very things that like I got bullied for. Um, And it was just, it was because of, because it was like an internationally popular movie. It was like all sort of elevated to this, like next level where I think my internalized homophobia really like went to the next level too, because I was Mm. like, I I really just learned to correct all these things about myself so that people Mm. would accept me. But it was confusing. It was, you know, what I say in therapy all the time is that like, I got it's it was mixed messaging because sometimes people are like, there's this thing that makes you special and you should own it. But then other people Mm. were like, that's the very thing that you should be ashamed of, you know? So it's Mm. like, it was, yeah, it was just this constant battle of when to let that out, when to keep it in. Mm. Um, and I didn't end up coming out until senior year of college because, uh, yeah, I just wasn't ready. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, and how old were you when you were in the film? 
11. Yeah. Wow. Because in a sense, you had the experience of coming out. I mean, you didn't like come out and it was a character, but you were in the world expressing this, you know, this gay youth archetype. And so for you to have that sort of coming out experience and then get met with those mixed emotions, but regardless of the the message of this is what makes you special, this is what we want to celebrate, the other message that says this is wrong and this is bad it, it is a message that also translates to this is not safe, I imagine. And so... yeah. Yeah. And that was like more realistically my day to day was the bad, yeah. you know, like I would yeah. like, and also like I would just, I remember I would like scrub IMDb boards back in the day trying to like delete any comment that said I was gay because mm. I was like trying to get ahead of this international mm. uh, <laughs> movie. Wow. Um, but it was just, it was, it was just a lot, you know, and I didn't realize that by being who I was at the time that, that it was, Gay, I was just being myself, you yeah. know. So it was, mm. um, I was just kind of this unfiltered, effeminate, sassy mm. kid. Um, and you know, the beautiful thing about the movie is they were encouraging to me to be myself. And, and yeah. to this day, I don't regret that. I love, I love that they sort of highlighted everyone's differences in that way. Sure. Um, but then I went back to school and people were like, well, that's gay. And all I knew mm. about being gay at the time was that, was that it was a bad thing. You know, yes. no one was being like, oh, but that's an okay thing. <laughs> you know, it was, wow. it was like, uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, you were really, you were really in some uncharted waters. You know, it was, it was really, it was before <laughs> all the, the gay representation in media. And for you to be doing that as a child, God. Wow. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, I, I wish I, <laughs> you know, I mean, sorry you had to know <laughs> yeah, the struggles of it, but thank you for being <laughs> a, 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 I don't know. I, I'd, I'd call you a, a hero, a heroic pioneer, you know, in those seas. I wish I knew that at the time. I think mm. there's something beautiful about it because of, because of how like unfiltered I was. And, mm-hmm. and so I do own that. And I, 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 I honestly just try and get back to that. You know, a lot of my inner yeah. work these days is just removing all the block, all the blocks I put up mm. um, that around that little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know at the time, but you know, when I did finally start telling my story, however many years ago, you know, the influx of messages I've gotten from guys my age who were also my age back then. And yes. like, thank God you were on screen was yes. was really, you know, full circle moment. And I realized that this is important to talk about and that's why I do what I do now. But uh Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You were a representation for folks, even though your character wasn't technically like an out gay person, you were right. embodying that. And for other gay boys, you know, seeing that and seeing themselves reflected, what a gift. Again, you know, what, what, what beautiful medicine. And I resonate so hard with that idea of this work of coming back to who we were when we were kids. You know, ultimately, that's the spiritual path in so many ways for so many of us is it's like, how can I unpack and release all these programs and all the structures of falsehood that I've created 
in this ego and go back to the inner essence of who I am. And for a lot of us, the, the last time we were that expression of our inner essence of who we are was when we were kids, you know? And so we were allowed to be who we were, not all of us, right? Some people, not even as kids, were able to express who they are in their essence. But uh, for me, I really resonate with that, that there were times when I was a child and I was just unabashedly me. And and it's interesting, you know, I, I talked about this choice of joy lately, and that does relate back to my childhood. I was a happy kid. I was moving through the yeah. world just like a happy, sweet kid, you know, and seeing the world through these bright, sunny eyes. And so the more work that I do on my spiritual path, and when I'm really on it, that that's when I get to connect with that version of, of Will again. And I was called Willie when I was a little boy. So that version of Willie. <laughs> yeah. Aww, little Willie. Little Willie. Yeah. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So let's share a little bit about how it has shifted for you into, uh, you know, from sort of religious, uh, Christian influenced spirituality to more of an enlightened, uh, spiritual, uh, interpretation. Yeah. Um, I would say, you're asking like how like how did it shift? Is that the question? Yeah, and more more. I'm mostly curious about in in what ways is your spiritual uh, belief system now different than how it was in the past? And like what what are you now feeling called to connect with spiritually rather than yeah, I mean, this it's Christian mostly, model? Yeah, I mean it's mostly just I'm just trying to tap into stillness, presence, joy. Uh, mm the that's sort of what I view to be God now um if people want to call it God um my my spiritual beliefs are pretty much what's written in like the power of now by Eckhart Tolle or like mm. uh, similar similar texts you know I feel like I've uh, and honestly I just I read a new earth um however many years ago and I started a meditation practice and I've just had moments where I've experienced that space beyond the ego. Um, mm. And uh, I saw a quote on social media once that was like, once you've gone past the ego, there's no, there's no going back. Uh, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying my best to, to stay in that witnessing place that I believe to be mm. sort of what we're all what connects us all. Um yeah, and I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm saying some of this sort of matter of fact, but I have a feeling maybe some of your listeners of this podcast are are aware of some of these spiritual ideas are already, so I can elaborate if need be. But I, uh, but yeah, that's sort of like how I would describe my journey nowadays. I meditate daily. Um, I sometimes try and you know experiment with different like psychedelics to also go to that place or also just mm -hmm. compassion. I feel like it's sometimes a tool to get to that place. Mm. Um, permission is something I'm playing around with a lot lately, um, which I think plays into the kid uh, theory you were, you were discussing, right? Mm. Like uh, uh, just really sort of permitting my inner life to experience um, mm. itself uh, without sort of 
monitoring it as much, discovering it instead of evaluating it, I like to say. Mm. You know? Yeah, I love that. And I, I actually, it cracks me up, the sort of matter-of-factness of your explanation. You're like, you know, that place beyond the ego. It's a place <laughs> I like to hang out. No big deal. <laughs> I'm not a spiritual teacher, so I'm not like, hey, everyone, come along and this, let me tell you about it. Sure. <laughs> but you get to be a spiritual model. I mean, the fact that you have sure. experienced that place, there are you know, many people, most people that never experienced that and don't really understand what that means because you don't really understand it until you have some experience of it. And so the fact that you've managed to cultivate that experience for yourself, and that is something that is supportive to you as you move through the world and keep going back to it and find new ways and new avenues to have that experience, that is more than, you know, just matter of fact and no big deal. It's a, that's big work. So, you know, it's I appreciate that you that. do it. I think, I think a lot of the part of it that excites me is sort of just how it ties into mental health. I spend a lot of time like sort of comparing, you know, the mental health field with the spiritual field and where the crossover mm. is. Um, I feel like Tara Brock is like a similar practitioner in that way and that she's uh, this renowned psychologist, but she's also a Buddhist um, mm. meditator. And so she's always tying the two together. And I like to spend a lot of time in that space, seeing how self-compassion can be this massive anxiety reliever, but it can also mm. be a gateway into to, um, you know, presence, into mindfulness, mm. into... Um, the space beyond the ego, right? So it's mm. I, I I really enjoy sort of understanding the science biologically of what all these practices are doing for me as well. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it actually it makes me think back to the questions I was asking earlier about how you were able to, to traverse some of the challenges you had this summer, and I imagine that some of this was supportive of that process as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. My meditation practice is essential. I don't ever skip it. Um, yeah. Some days it'll go down to five minutes, you know, if I really need to, <laughs> if it has to sure. be a quickie. But uh, um, it, it, it's it's been pivotal, absolutely. I, I'm a very high-strung, high-maintenance, high-anxiety mm-hmm. person in my most egoic state. So mm. to, to really slow down, um, mm. it's a practice. It's a daily, it's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just share. I've had some recent challenges and you know, you mentioned the the place of observation, the place of awareness, right? I've noticed that when I am facing the biggest challenges in my human life, that remembering that I can go to that place and and spending time there really supports me in my ability and my capacity to deal with challenges to sort of take a, a step back oh look at the kitty um take a little step back and be in that seat of awareness and from that seat of awareness witness and observe my human avatar going through the challenging experience and I, I think what it does is, yes, you've spoken a bit about self-compassion. It gives me an invitation to to offer myself more self-compassion. And it also, in what I think is a healthy way, creates a little distance and unattachment to what I'm going through in my human avatar form. I'm able to remember that 
this body and this life is not all of who I am, that this is just mm. one experience that I happen to be having, but that who I really am is back here, kind of. It's like in this other seat. Yeah. And so when I'm able to put myself there, I, I feel a lot less weight around whatever the human avatar will is going through. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I kind of like to refer to it, and I feel like you're saying the same thing. But I, I, I think we are the, the space in which us is happening. Like, right? Mm. Like we are the, and like to just try and spend more time in the space so that you can watch the thing happening, other than being the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is a really powerful experience because we are really the only creatures who can like be aware of the fact that we're feeling something, for example, right? So we mm-hmm. are not the feeling, we are the awareness of the feeling, which means mm-hmm. we're the space in which the feeling is happening. So if you mm-hmm. can spend more time in the space versus getting locked in the feeling, mm-hmm. um, it can be really empowering. 1000%. Yeah, it's so freeing. With the feelings and the thoughts too, right? I, I often support my clients by helping them realize that, yes, they are not their feelings and they are not their thoughts, right? That That those thoughts that they're having are just thoughts that they're having. They aren't necessarily true. Most of the time, they're not true. The ones that are causing them stress and anxiety, most of the time are not true. And so just to be able to acknowledge that your human avatar is having that thought, but that doesn't mean that it's real and that doesn't mean that you are that thought. Uh, it can create a lot of, well, a lot of agency. You know, it can help one see that, oh, okay, I, I am not that thought and that thought isn't necessarily true. So maybe there's another thought that I could play with, experiment with, and let's see what emotions that thought provokes and find that to be a useful model. And I'm really harping on the word permission lately, just with Mm. myself mostly, but also with clients I work with, just because it's not about like getting rid of the thought or shoving down the thought or the feeling or, or even the impulse um, Mm. or, or the behavior it's sometimes just about like letting it, letting it be there, watching it. Mm. Like say, like I went on a meditation retreat once for, it was a five day meditation retreat. And at the end of the retreat, she was like, you're still going to go back to your normal life and you're going to like reach for the fifth cookie sometimes, even though you only mm-hmm. want four cookies, but just notice, <laughs> notice how it feels to reach for the fifth cookie. Notice how it feels to not reach for the fifth cookie. Notice how, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and I feel like sometimes we just have to like, witness our inner experience and like Mm. allow it to be as it is and just understand that that's our human nature. You know, like if it's raining outside, like it is now frivolously, um, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't try and stop the rain. We would just like try and respond to it by grabbing an umbrella or like taking Mm -hmm. a Uber or (laughs) staying inside like I've been doing for three days. But like, um, (laughs) but or you can... Like you wouldn't train. So I feel like it's the same with our inner life. Just mm-hmm. if, even if you have like something awful that you're doing, just like, or who's to say that it's awful? Just like let it mm-hmm. be here. You know, it's, it's the behavior itself is subjective as to whether it's right or wrong. Um, to see if you can observe it and, and, and get some agency just by observing it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. The permission. And what that brings up for me is this, mm, it's learning how to not resist and learning how to not cling that we can, you know, again, going back to more of an observer standpoint, 
where the energy can just move through us, right? It doesn't have to get stuck, right? Because that's what happens is when we resist it, it gets stuck. When we cling to it, it gets stuck. And so it's to, to teach ourselves to not do either of those things. And I think permission is a, a beautiful invitation to, to do that, to give permission for things to just move through. They don't need to be clung to. They don't need to be resisted. They just are. And they're not a problem. Yeah. Like, like nothing really is a problem. It's our response to them that is a problem. It's our thoughts. It's our negative thoughts and beliefs and emotions that is a, a problem. Like the rain is not a problem. It's how we, we, the meaning that we make out of the rain. Yeah. So the more that we can just be with the rain, uh, the more that we are able to experience peace, right? Experience joy, experience acceptance that, 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 that brings all those things. Um, beautiful. So to talk, talk about here. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. All this stuff is like very easy to talk about and very challenging to do. And it's, it's often very s- simple, right? It's simple, but difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm curious, you know, in your work now, what are you seeing is the most challenging for, for GBTQ men? What, what challenges are you often supporting? Uh, because that's the primary, uh, demographic that you work with, right? Yeah. Um, I would say there's the more classic examples of, of, um, I was going to say more classic examples of shame, but I think more than anything, what I'm seeing these days is just a lot of what I struggle with too, but I think I'm very aware that I'm struggling with it. It's just this Mm. inability to sort of slow down and just be or be Mm. with ourselves. Um, And, and just like sort of constantly filling that time, which I feel like is a societal thing, not so much just uh, GBTQ plus men, but. um, Yeah. And I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I just want to, so you mentioned shame and then you mentioned not slowing down. And I think there's often a connection there. Like it is societal that that we live in this fast paced world, but I'd say for a lot of gay queer men that the uh, one of the motivating factors of staying super busy is because we are hiding from our shame. Yes, exactly. And yeah, so I feel like that um, and sort of, as I said, I like to tie it to sort of like the science, the biology of what's going on in, mm. in our body, mind system and sort of helping clients to like understand that like this is, you know, when this, when this certain anxietal response that they're describing is happening, that that's your brain communicating with your body, which is communicating with your nerve, your nervous system. Mm. And that's like talking to, um, and sort of just helping them to see that process so that they next time they're experiencing it, they can understand it differently. And I think mm. sometimes that information, which a lot of us just don't have that information, that information mm. is really powerful for people. I think we just don't have a huge understanding of our body mind systems, you know? Mm. I mean, it's only been cool to talk about mental health for like five years now, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> it's like it's so like it's cool to like help people understand a little bit what's going on within them so that they can be like, okay, so the answer isn't actually to narrow in on finding a solution. The answer is actually to take that 15 minute pause and go do the thing that's going to be completely different and help my my system regulate itself mm-hmm. because it's actually not up to me consciously 
what I'm doing right now. It's it's no longer a conscious process. My body has taken over and I need mm. to get out of survival mode in order to approach this from a grounded state, right? So like helping mm. people understand their stress response in that way. Mm, so good. Yeah. And it's interesting. You talk about giving them more of this information. And, and to me, that also circles back to helping to empower them to be more in this observation role. It's like when we have that information, we're able to be like, oh my gosh, that thing's happening to me. It's that thing that Brian told me about is actually happening to me. And oh my gosh, like, so we we're not so identified with it, right? We're able to be like, oh, it's like scientifically what's happening is this, right? And like, you can observe it from right. that standpoint. Beautiful. So shifting yeah. gears a little bit, I just want to, I want to make sure I give you some time to talk about your music. Um, cause I know it's your passion and you're so freaking talented and it, I see it, it lights you up and it lights the people up that you get to perform in front of that get to receive you. So yeah, I'd love to hear about your relationship with music and your, your, your music career. Yeah. Um, you know, you asked about the challenges I experienced this summer. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe, maybe it was. Hmm. I actually really have not had this realization until just now, but um, I was in release mode for like a whole year with my album up until pretty much June when when shit started to hit the fan for me. Mm. <laughs> and uh, uh, I kept meaning to be like, I got to get out of release mode. I got to get back to like writing and being creative and like seeing what message I need to convey and like what story I want to tell and that kind of thing. But I, it's hard to get out of release mode once you're in release mode. It's like trying to get people to pay attention to the thing you're doing because that's where the money comes in and that's where the, the, the opportunities come in. And especially once you start to get traction, then it's, it can be in a bit of an adrenaline cycle. Right. Mm. So, um, I don't know. I think maybe uh, my life is much more simplified going into the fall. Um, like a lot of the the expenses I had accrued are no longer <laughs> a thing just because my living situation has changed and and a bunch of other I have a lot more freedom to sort of actually just sit down with a notebook and see like what's coming up for me today and mm. it felt a little bit like my world was crumbling but I think it was maybe just like this all the unnecessary crumbling so I can like focus a little bit more on what what's next you know what's next mm. from a, a truthful artistic authentic standpoint um mm. and i feel like i'm in that space again and it's it's exciting and it's fun and mm. um scary at the same time but um in a good way <laughs> mm. um i feel like you asked about did i answer your question i i tend to just go off on tangents no you absolutely did but you brought it more into the the now sort of where you're at with it now but broadening that a little bit in, in general, what is it about creating music that lights you up? I think it's the, it was the first ever like source of me being truthful. Mm. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was in the movie when I was younger and I was closeted for a really long time and my whole life was just about perception management. Um, and then I, that, that led me to a really unhappy place. And then I got down with, I sat down with a guitar one day and I, I like with, with lyrics, you can say something you wouldn't say in, in a sentence, you know, like uh, to a person, you can like really like, you know, pull out like stuff you, that's maybe a little awkward or unusual. Um, and I just put it onto paper to a song 
And then I shared it with a friend and uh, I just sort of fell in love with that process of them actually seeing something deeper than what I was showing on a surface mm. level, um, deeper and more truthful. Um, and also they'd be like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way sometimes. And then I was like, wow, I'm not the only person who feels that way. <laughs> right? So it's mm. like this beautiful way of uncovering what's going on inside of you and making it like this truthful realization that the whole world can pick up on. Um, mm. So I think that process is what gets me most excited about it. And also just like, I've always loved performing and my ego loves attention. So <laughs> satisfying the ego sometimes by letting it <laughs> perform on stage and all the things, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. And it, I, I see how it lights you up. And again, it, it, it lights us up too. We had so much fun seeing you perform at the Gay Coaches Conference. That was such a, as so generous of you to to offer that. And you know, what strikes me because I know that your genre is, is country and yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting when I think about some of these steps in your, in your timeline, right? You were a, a, a you were a gay youth, right? You were a, playing a, a gay character as a youth, which often mm-hmm. people don't associate youth and, and out gay, right? So that was yeah. already breaking a, a paradigm. And then, and then, you know, later you were in this like gay and Christian, you were like breaking that paradigm with that song that you released. <laughs> and now I see it again in this like gay and country, you know, these things that, that we, that society has decided don't go together. You've been a, a pioneer, a champion for showing the world that these two things can be together and that there's beautiful alchemy in bringing these two things that someone has decided are disparate together in this beautiful harmonic way. Um, I appreciate you reflecting that back to me because I hadn't heard it in that way. And I'm going to clip that part out and listen to it every morning when I wake up to inspire my, (laughs) inspire my day. But I think what I, what I was thinking of, as you said that too, is just that like, these are just the things I've loved. I've always loved country mm-hmm. music. I always loved worship music. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up go- like these are, this is just my story. And I think that's, that's all I'm trying to do as an artist is just get as honest with, cause the, the things about my life are already interesting enough if I just bring them to the surface in an authentic way. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's sort of what I'm, what I'm aiming to do. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your gifts and. Yeah, I'm excited to to hear what's next. What else you got in store? So you're, you've created some beautiful things and I, I see you as a prolific creator and I know there's much more to come. So, And thank you for doing what you're doing. I know just mm. from that short stint I did as like uh, an artist within the queer Christian realm that like mm. the something like a podcast called Queerly Beloved is very needed. So mm. it is an exciting... Sorry, the cat is the cat wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it is it is really cool what you're doing here mm. as well. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Any final words? Anything you want to leave the listeners with? I don't think so. Just thank you so much, anyone who listened. And uh yeah, uh, you could find me on uh Instagram, Brian Falduto. Uh and that's much it. Yeah, I'll put all the info in the show notes too. Well, thank you so much. This has been a total pleasure. Love you. Love you.
Thanks so much for listening, my beloveds. Check the show notes for more info about Brian and about my work as a spiritual life coach. I'm going to leave you with the last minute of the song, God Loves Me Too. Enjoy. Goddess beloveds, what a joy it was to be with you today. Let's hang out again soon, okay? And if you can think of a friend who would benefit from hearing this, please share it with them. Sending so much love and light to you today and every day. Until next time, peace.